Hi, this is Eric Boyce, CEO and Chief Investment Officer for BKA Wealth Consulting, and welcome to Market Minutes for January 17th of 2022. Welcome to our first broadcast of the new year. Uh, after a few weeks of uh, personal vacation, uh, we're getting started with some of the uh, data points that are emerging here uh, in the first couple of weeks, uh, basically December data, but uh, you know, essentially, it's it kind of caused a little bit of market consternation. We did see a, a weak overall retail sales number. Um, although, as we'll talk about, you know, the uh, the longer term trends in retail sales are actually very, very good. Uh, and also, the market's wrestling with high inflation. We got the number for two thousand and twenty one. That was a seven percent on consumer price index, uh, and that had some shock value to it. And overall, the Omicron variant is causing some consternation with businesses. People are getting infected. Capacity is being constrained. You know, we've heard a lot about uh, that type of thing happening in the airline, hospitality sector. So folks are kind of struggling through this, even though we're not seeing a big spike in hospitalizations. It's clearly having an impact on the high frequency uh, data that we talk about in our charts of the week. And so you know, really just kind of a, a quick plug in on that. I mean, we've had kind of a downtick in TSA checkpoint data, global commercial flights, a little bit of a downtick uh, in uh, month over month in the supply of motor gasoline and certainly in the restaurant business. And you know, those numbers, both on a month over month uh, uh, and week over week basis, look a little bit tired. Uh, and then relative to 2019, we're really below on most of these things. Hotel occupancy down 12%, TSA checkpoint data about 25%, uh, and uh, supply of motor gasoline down about 7.5%. Uh, and now we actually have seen a little bit of weakness in, like, say, rail car traffic. Uh, and uh, However, the labor market's very, very strong, uh, tightening up just as we have been kind of predicting uh, labor, labor shortages uh, continue to abound in a lot of areas, particularly in the service sector where you're dealing with a lot of hourly employees. Uh, but overall, the markets here in the new year, just a little bit sluggish. We're down slightly in the major indices. We've seen a shift uh, from growth to value uh, in the style boxes uh, here as of late. So value has kind of taken a lead where growth has been really, really strong. We've seen technology stocks, and in particular, we've seen in, in, in the equity side, we've seen the non-profitable speculative companies really take it on the chin this year. And, and there was, you know, many times, frankly, over the last year and a half, where we've talked about how these unprofitable companies are outperforming, you know, high cash flow companies. It's really kind of odd to see that, but, you know, that is certainly reversed uh, here in the new year. But really for the last week, as we're kind of like getting our hands around uh, and arms around what happened last week, Dow was down almost a percentage point. S&P was down about three-tenths of a percent. NASDAQ was down about another three-tenths of a percent. Uh, we had the 10-year Treasury kind of hold in there about one77 percent. Uh, the two-year Treasury is about nine point, or excuse me, 0.97, so just slightly under one percentage point. And the 30-year, when you think about it, you know, with all this inflation in the pipeline, you figure that 10-year and 30-year, especially 30-year, would be influenced by that uh, kind of the altered uh, inflation expectation that might be driven by the high current inflation that we're seeing. However, 
that's only about 2.1%. So there's a fourth straight week that the two-year yield has increased, whereas you know we've seen kind of a flattish 10 and 30-year. So that means the yield curve continues to flatten, which we usually uh, kind of associate that with uh, the expectations for perhaps slowing growth. Now, we are expecting to see that slow growth, but we're certainly not expecting to see negative growth this year. I think certainly for the first quarter, we've seen a lot of estimates be tempered uh, for growth just because of what I described before, Omicron uh, is having an impact on overall activity, uh, which you know also when you think about overseas, other areas are impacted, particularly in the supply chain. So we've seen lockdowns in China, so goods and and uh, uh, raw materials and things like that coming out of China are, are showing some constraints as well. Um, and uh, so again, uh, the, the near-term estimates looking a little bit softer than they were. But when you think about <clears throat> you know the you know the weakness. Uh, related to Omicron, you know, we, we feel like that part of it's transitory. So now we got to get our arms around the inflation factor. And, and you know, obviously over the last probably two months, the Fed has kind of acknowledged, yes, we do feel like some of this inflation is rather sticky. Uh, certainly think if we have prolonged supply chain choke points that you could see you know, those elements of inflation remain somewhat sticky for a while, but those are the parts that will go down over time. It's essentially rents and labor that will be pretty sticky for a while. So, uh, but, you know, with the inflation number being pretty high, like I said, 7% for 2021, uh, that is, you know, as high as we've seen it uh, for decades for, you know, essentially from perhaps even the prior tightening cycle. It's just outstanding the level of overall inflation that we're seeing in a lot of different areas, food, energy, commodities, um, and particularly industrial commodities, uh, et cetera. Uh, so Fed funds, you know, futures market, and, and this is the, the part of the futures market that's predicting the short-term interest rates. They're pricing in basically about an 86% chance of a hike at the March Fed meeting, which is coming up pretty quick. And in fact, now the market is pricing in almost three to four increases for the entire uh, year, which when you think about that, 25 basis points, uh, the short-term interest rate will be about 1%. And when you think about the 10-year right now uh, being at 1.7%, I mean, that's going to have to, uh, you know, almost empirically push those longer-term rates a little bit higher which again, if we're an investor, we definitely don't want to be exposed to a lot of long uh, duration or long maturity assets. Um, so, uh, you know, the Fed, now there's this kind of this consensus view that the Fed is going to have to really raise rates to kind of slow down inflation. Uh, but, you know, the interesting thing is right now we're coming from really negative real rates. And those negative real rates are, are uh, going down just because inflation's moving uh, higher and rates are moving a little bit higher as well. But, um, you know, we're starting at a different point than, than we were maybe two years ago when we had a, a sell-off on rate increases. But the starting point there was real rates were positive. And that, that's like the, the nominal rate or what you see as a quoted uh, rate less inflation. That's that's what is that's what is defined by a real rate. 
Um, and then, you know, in the data, we're talking about this right at the outset. Retail sales were down by 1.9% in December. And there, there was an expectation going into that release that there was going to be a slight decline, but it was only like a tenth of a percent. So the fact that retail sales were down almost 2% was quite a shock. And, you know, I think most people now, in hindsight, can rationalize that by saying, uh, one, obviously, we were dealing with Omicron. And in addition, you had a lot of shoppers that got started in holiday shopping earlier. So, um, and, and and maybe borrowed some, some spending, uh, perhaps, from the beginning of this year. So, we just have to see how that's going to work. But overall... Retail sales for the year were up about 17%. So that's why I say, you know, let's look at the big picture, not get too caught up in the month-over-month data. And uh, so, I mean, you know, core retail sales spending been running at an annual rate. This comes from Sandy Leeds' uh, notes uh, for the week. You know, basically almost 25% higher than pre-COVID. So that's very good. Um, and, and so consumer spending, we talk about this in charts of the week, uh, the uh, consumer balance sheets are really high, even though surplus income from like stimulus payments and things like that have gone down, the overall level of, uh, of consumer, uh, dry powder is actually very high. In fact, we've got about 2.7 trillion of excess savings out there right now, and uh, and I think that's really important. So uh, let's see. It was just talking about you know uh, earnings. Uh, we are getting some releases now. Uh, we did have kind of a kickoff to earnings season uh, from financials, uh, and kind of mixed results. We didn't get off to a really good start there. Uh, J.P. Morgan was down about six percent. Uh, and, you know, it was kind of a mixed bag. Expenses were up, um, you know, different elements of, of the, the, you know, the loan market were uh, perhaps not performing as well. Uh, and, you know, we just didn't get off to the right foot. But here, you know, when you, you know, the 17th, really for the next two weeks, we're going to really start getting a lot of reports. And we're also going to start get hearing from a lot of company management and their expectations and things like that and their forecasts. And so I expect there to be some kind of like uh, shuffling of deck chairs, so to speak, in terms of expectations for the second quarter based on some of these uh, quarterly calls that we're getting ready to hear. Um, I mentioned too, again, the uh, S&P value index is up about 7% and the growth index is down about 7 um, and typically, low interest rates help grow stocks. And so now we're seeing kind of the changing of the guard where interest rates are moving higher. And again, if you have short-term rates move higher, longer-term rates are going to move higher. And that's less constructive for kind of high growth, particularly the speculative stocks and even a lot of the technology stocks. Um, and so we are seeing a kind of a, a rotational shift into value. So... You know, when you look at price to earnings, even though, you know, they've gone up in value, they're still like 16. Uh, price to earnings, you know, in uh, growth uh, is, you know, has moved quite high during the pandemic to about 31 times earnings. So, you know, you know the difference between those two growth and value is about 15 points. And 
as Sandy points out, doing kind of a recapture of an article in Barron's over the weekend, but they're, they're, that 15-point difference, uh, it, it compares against a historical average difference between uh, earnings multiples and growth and value of like six points. So, you know, the, the difference between growth and value right now is really uh, tremendous. And so I do think that we're going to continue to see uh, a narrowing in that gap with uh, perhaps more favorable performance out of the value sector. Um, so, um, you know, we talked about, you know, other things that kind of hit uh, in, in the economic data sector. Consumer sentiment uh, was down, and we had a chart of the week on this. Uh, it's the second lowest reading uh, in a decade, and, and I'm talking about the University of Michigan consumer sentiment number. And about three quarters of all respondents uh, said that inflation was a was a pretty big problem relative to jobs, and that's kind of the first time that we've heard this in a while. You know, people have been belly aching over not being able to hire enough staff. Well, that's still a problem, but uh, but companies are beginning to identify inflation as being the bigger threat. Uh, so that bears watching for sure, uh, and uh, so. Uh, that and that's consumer uh, sentiment. So when you think about you know the inflation of you know out there in the market, you're, you're talking about food prices. You're talking about gasoline at the pump. Uh, you're talking about you know hotel prices, airfares, rentals, all of that. You know consumers seeing that and they're they're kind of caught like a deer in the headlights here. Um, <clears throat> so. Uh, you know, as a result of the consumer, you know, if confidence goes down, then speculative behavior might curb a little bit. Uh, particularly, people get a little bit more worried about their own financial circumstances. Uh, so that might take a little froth off the market. Uh, and the other thing, too, is that we've got the prospect of tightening financial conditions out there. And so, you know, I, I do think that that's feed. Uh, feeding ground for more volatility in the market. Um, and, you know, we've talked about the Fed fund futures and the implications for the bond market. Uh, you know, we we'll probably see 2% on the 10-year here probably within the next uh, few months, uh, certainly after beginning after we see the uh, expected Fed rate increase on short-term rates uh, here coming up in March. Um, so, uh, and and. You know, in response, we see a lot of uh, companies try to lock in low, low rates. Uh, you have a lot of people raising cash from, you know, drawing down lines of credit, you know, while these lines of credit are, are, are cheaper. Uh, we've had a lot of junk bond issuance as of late. Again, all of these folks trying to take advantage of these low rates uh, before we kind of, uh, you know, uh, see see that push in rates. So, um Let's see, other things, you know, in the week, um, you know, things that I, not, not to overlap with charts of the week, um, but uh, let's see, you know, on the, on the uh, mortgage, uh, th this is worth noting too, and we had a slide in the charts of the week, that, um, you know, we already have the issue of affordability because we've got prices that, depending on your yardstick, uh, you know, are up anywhere between 14 and 17 percent 
year over year on a national basis. But with interest rates moving higher now, too, you've seen kind of a pickup in mortgage rates. So now we're, you know, we've moved up from really in the last month from just over 3% to about almost 3.5%. And so uh, if that continues with some of these expected rate increases, pushing the 10-year perhaps, that uh, you get higher rates, which I think maybe kind of helps to put the brakes on the residential real estate market uh, for, for a little bit. And uh, let's see, you know, we talked about growth and value. We've talked about the underperformance by non-profitable companies in the equity market. Um, and let's see, we've talked about, you know, uh, excess savings and the impact on that. Uh, so, uh, you know, re really the, the big thing over the next couple weeks, and maybe this is probably a, a good place to kind of stop uh, right now, is um, the earnings season. So, um, you know, I, I think overall we're looking for, for the year, uh, you know, maybe, you know, 9 to 10% profit growth. Don't really expect any change in price to earnings multiple ratios. Uh, if anything, maybe we see a little bit of a contraction. So maybe stocks potentially could be up like seven to eight percent this year. Uh, and you know, the question is, what are they going to do in the first quarter? And I do think companies are going to be a bit guarded. Uh, so while I'm expecting reasonable performance. I'm actually expecting pretty good margins and profitability margin uh, ratios for companies, but I also expect to see. Uh, a little bit of tempered expectations because I don't know that we've seen the the peak in uh, Omicron variants. Um, and, you know, I, I think we're going to see new variants over 2022, just as people maybe thought when Delta was here that that would be it. And then all of a sudden Omicron showed up. I, I think we're going to see more variants that are perhaps, uh, you, know, you know, easy to transmit, but far uh, increasingly less lethal. Uh, and we're just going to have to, you know, I think acquiesce to this notion that, you know, uh, COVID is here to stay. We're not going to eradicate it. It'll drift into the background at some point, you know, and um, then we'll probably, for those of us who take flu shots, you know, eventually, you know, part of that flu shot will be, you know, for the expected strains of, of COVID, which will may show up uh, year over year. So, but I think right now companies are going to be a little bit guarded uh, in their uh, conversations. And I think that may, you know, lead to an equity market that kind of maybe trends sideways a little bit. And we see a rotation within equities to higher quality uh, dividend paying companies um, and, uh, and, and certainly, you know, uh, good cash flow companies. Well, with that, I think we'll probably... Uh, in for this week, uh, welcome your questions on behalf of the entire team. I uh, really appreciate you uh, listening to us and hope you have a wonderful week and we'll talk to you again very soon. Take care. Bye.